0: Um, if you're here for the very first time and are watching online for the very first time on Wednesday night, we've been going through a, a series called Discipleship Journey. And this uh, discipleship journey. Uh, It took us from the point of when someone gets saved and then we see in the scripture we're supposed to disciple people up, meaning what does that mean? And most people have no clue what that really means. And so what we've been doing week after week is taking you through all of the fundamentals all the way up through to more very specific things and roles and responsibilities as a believer. Last week, we um, are finishing up our last topic. Uh, we, uh, we started with parent and child relationship. Tonight we'll finish up the p- parent-child relationship. And then next week, like I said, we'll do a special message for uh, Passion Week. Then the following week we'll pick back up and we only have like two more Wednesdays or so to finish up this journey. And then we will start in a, uh, an Old Testament where we left off on Wednesday nights. So with that said... We have about 45 minutes to take us through the remaining of the subject on parent-child relationship according to the scriptures. So as a parent, remember, as you were here with last week, their scripture applies to you as a parent but also applies to you as a, as a child, as uh, someone who is still at home and still being raised by a parent, there's that relationship, and what does the scripture talk about that? We'll be picking right back up where we left off From last week. So let us pray. Father, again, we thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you for your word uh, to be able to teach us in every aspect of our lives, every role and responsibility that we have, not only as adults, but also as a child. Um, And as we they're growing up and as we're raising them up, Lord, there's very specific scriptures of how to do it according to your way, according to your scripture. And so, Lord, bring to light what needs to be brought to light for the teaching of all those who are hearing now and and maybe listening to this later. Just speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, and only the way you can move as your spirit uh, leads us to draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. The scripture I will start off with is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So we see here in the very scripture but I'm going to give you lots of scriptures so for those who've been tracking with us here on the discipleship journey you've been taking notes because I give you lots and lots of scripture lots and lots of things to think about but you can always go back um, and listen to the teaching as we record this and it's put out there through Facebook uh, message here but when we take a look at parenting parents have a tendency as we have learned from last week we don't get it always right. In <laughs> raising children, we don't always get it right. We, meaning, what's the right way? What the scripture says. How to raise a child or children. So we also, as a parent, also recognize that our parents didn't do it right many times if they did not follow the scripture in raising you as a child. So let me handle this for you right now in your mind if it's still a challenge for you as an adult and you reflect on the fact that your parents didn't do it the right way. You must forgive them. Forgive them and move on. You're an adult. You now have to take responsibility for your life. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your grandparents. You must take responsibility in your relationship with God now as an adult. Now as a child... You are being raised by a parent who may have not gotten it right the first time because maybe they weren't saved. Now they're saved and now they're learning what the Bible says, what God says for us in the role of responsibility as a parent. So as a child, show grace to your parents. Forgive your parents where they've fallen short. They're trying to learn. That's why they're going to learn and grow in their knowledge and understanding of the Scripture so that they can apply it properly as a parent. So show grace. And lastly, parents, you do know your child has not been an adult before, right? <laughs> they haven't gone through the lives of life cycles, right? right? They're, not, they're not an adult yet. I mean, they're growing. They might be a young adult. They might be a very child. They might be a baby only in your hands because you just had a baby. They haven't done life yet. Your job as a parent is to raise them up according to the ways of God. It's your responsibility. Until they're old enough where they're no longer under your parenting. They're young adults. They're living on their own. They're out in society and have their own jobs. And they're just living life and stuff. You know, They're accountable to God once they become that age of accountability. I, I believe it's around that puberty time. When God causes them to be, go into puberty. That is a period of time where I believe is that age of accountability uh, between them and the Lord. With that said parents have a tendency to do something wrong when it comes to raising children and one of the things that you hear all the time especially with the uh, you hear it all the time dads you know you're not to provoke your children to anger and we know the scripture well Keep in mind that scripture doesn't pertain just to dads, it pertains to the parents. It's that both dad and moms can provoke their children to parents. So this is where we left off last week. I'm going to go through what that really means, because most people have no clue what that really means. Just don't provoke. Okay, what does that mean? Do you shove them around? No, of course that's not what it means. It means very specific, that parents provoke their children to anger by not practicing biblical love toward them and when parents don't show biblical love toward their children you will provoke them to anger not only you don't show them practicing biblical love to them you're not considering that their children as more important to them uh, as more important than themselves so parents have a tendency to think more about themselves than more about their children that will provoke your children to anger and then also, you're not willing to die to self and be a servant of, to the Lord, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ and to serve your children. And that is why it will provoke your children to anger because they see that it's all about yourself and not about them. The first verse I will give you is Ephesians 6 verse 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 2, verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind let, your, let each esteem others better than your himself. Let each one of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And one, a couple more key verses here to start this off is Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Not only can you provoke them to be angry, but you can provoke your children to become very discouraged in life. It's a warning for us here in the Scripture. And lastly, 1 Peter 4.8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Now you and I can provoke your child to anger when you fail to demonstrate the biblical love. Let me give you a series of practical what that looks like. First is, is impatience. You're impatient. You're not willing to wait for your child to finish a task. Or you're hurrying your child up to do something that is beyond their capabilities. You're very impatient as a parent. That will provoke them to be very discouraged or even to a point of anger. We must, as a parent, not push your children beyond their capabilities of their age. How many times I've seen where a, a parent is acting like a 5-year-old should be acting like a 15-year-old, and it's just not right. You must t- teach them at the appropriate age and a level of their capacity and capabilities, and that will vary between child one child is a different than another child. matter of fact, God's sense of humor. If you have two children, he'll give you two children raised by the same parents, same environment, same everything, but they'll be completely opposites. You as a parent have to recognize that. You cannot make one do the other. Why isn't he walking just as fast as she did? And you get impatient with them. The next one is unkindness. You're not providing for your children's physical needs because you are too busy with your own interests. So you show an unkindness toward your child because they're not meeting their physical needs that are having to be met. The next one is jealousy. Trying to prove to your child that you can do, uh, do something better than he can. And how many times it's very weird to watch a parent compete with their children over something because they feel like they need to one-up their own child. The parents got to grow up. <laughs> they got to be stopping acting like a child. They're the parent. They're to be encouraging the fact that their children have the capabilities of more than them as a, as a, as a parent. God has created them unique. God's given them a brain to do things different than probably you have. So inspire and encourage them to do that. Don't be jealous about it. The next one is bragging. Saying something such as, I had it a lot harder when I was your age. That can provoke your children to discouragement. Or to anger because you're bragging that you had it be- uh, harder and they've got it easy. You don't need to do that. What are you proving by bragging? It's not good in your character as a, as a parent to be bragging up to your children of how, what you've accomplished and how hard it was. Don't, don't get me wrong, we've all done it. I, how many times i said when it snows, oh, you won't believe when I grew up what it was like in the snow waiting for the bus to come. And you've got it easy. I mean, I used to say the same thing. And then all of a sudden I realized it's not profitable to say that. It's not good. It's not encouraging. Next is arrogance. Saying saying such things as, we'll do it my way because I'm a lot smarter and a lot bigger than you. You know, you're only 10. I'm a lot bigger and a lot smarter, so this is the way we're going to do it. Again, it's an arrogance. You start as a parent with your children, and it goes all the way up through into adulthood. It's not good. It discourages your child. It discourages, and it can bring them to anger. Next is unbecoming actions. Purposely embarrassing your child and demeaning your child by discussing his or her failures and shortcomings in front of others. Don't do it as a parent. If you've done it, repent and ask God to forgive you, that is not as good, it's not right, you cannot and you should not uh, do unbecoming actions by embarrassing your children, especially in front of others. Even you, And it doesn't just apply to just others. You can You can embarrass them and demean them in just a one-on-one conversation. Be very, very careful. Next is seeking to have your own way. Insisting, that your child or family do only what you want to do. This is my way. I'm, 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 I'm the parent here, and you're going we're gonna do it my way. This is it's my house, and I don't care what you think. And then when you have your own house, then you can do it your own way. We gotta be very careful how we communicate when it comes to uh, the way we communicate with and in seeking our uh, having our own way in regards to parenting. I'm not saying that your child gets to rule the house and the child gets to dictate what happens. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as a parent, how we communicate roles and responsibilities within the house and making sure they stay at task and doing what they're responsible and agreeing upon as a child that's appropriate for their age. They, the way you communicate, you're trying to train them up to take responsibilities within the house, not because it's your way. Also, taking into account wrong suffered. So this is a very important thing you have to understand because it happens very common. We're reminding your child in an accusing manner of their past failures by saying things like, I told you this a thousand times. Why aren't you getting it? Are you you not getting it? Why are you not getting it? I've told you how many times. It, that's very discouraging and it can cause someone to become angry with the tone of coming across like you are uh, throwing their wrongs, their, their failures, their shortcomings in front of them all the time. That cannot happen as a parent. You'll cause, that will provoke your child to uh, in discouragement and anger. Next is rejoicing in unrighteousness. That's encouraging your child to retaliate for wrongs he has suffered from others. So you cannot, and we should never, encouraging your child to retaliate for wrongs he has suffered from others. And parenting out there sometimes does that. Hey, if that, that boy does, does that, you just lambast him, man. Just, you just got to hit him. Stand up for yourself. We shouldn't be teaching your child that. Be telling them to go against an unrighteous reaction to someone else who comes against them unrighteously. Stand up here for your sister. You show her. Don't let her boss you around. Be very careful in your words. Next is not rejoicing in the truth. Failing to commend your child for being truthful in a difficult situation. Your child is growing up. You want your child to grow up and be a, a, an honest and truthful, trustworthy kind of person. And when they actually, in a difficult situation, step up and take responsibility and tell the truth, you must encourage that and, and commend them for taking a step and telling the truth. Did you take that chocolate chip cookie? Yes, Mom, I took the chocolate chip cookie. Why did you take the chocolate chip cookie? Because your chocolate chip cookies are heavenly and it's the best thing I've ever tasted. I'd say too much temptation for me. But at least they told you the truth. So commend them the fact that they stood up and told you the truth. Next one is not bearing all things. You're you're avoiding You're criticizing, you're neglecting your child because he or she wasn't perfect in meeting your expectations. Be very careful. Remember, as a parent, you're training up your child. Your children are not going to get it right 100% of the time. They may not get it right the first 10 to 20 times you've been repeating yourself. But that's parenting. If you're having a problem with that, it's because you have not been properly trained up yourself. You don't know the scriptures. You're not to, be, have, uh, bear, you're to bear all things. And, and you need to grow up. You need to mature. It's not the child's problem, more than likely. You're the problem. So you need to repent and change and realize you must not be critical spirited and, and avoiding and causing all neglect and kinds of things because your child is not meeting this perfect expectations of, that you had on them. If you don't, you're going to provoke your child to anger. Next is not believing or hoping all things. We see that cons- consistently doubting what your child says before you know all the facts. Versus listening, hearing all the facts, you're jumping to conclusions and you're looking always for the negative of what they have done. That will provoke and discourage your child. Versus sitting and listening to the whole story. Next one is not enduring all things. So not only not bearing all things, not believing in or hoping in all things, and this last one is not enduring all things, responding in anger to your child because you are focused on your own difficulties in life. You're responding because of your your own difficulty at the moment, and you just kind of lash out at your child uh, because of your own uh, lack of self-control or your difficulties that you're dealing with. That will provoke your child to anger. So you must seek the Lord. And if these things happen, okay? Again, is, there's no condemnation here. If these things happen, and they've all happened to us as a parent, make sure you tell your child an, an, an apology to to. to to reconcile with them and say, I'm sorry, dad fell, fell huge, really short on that. I should have not done that. It was against the scriptures. I, I want to, I've repented. I've asked the Lord for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Because I should not have responded that way. You must do that because you want to make that sure that relationship is good with your child. So that they will receive from you as you continue your responsibility of training them up. You must make sure you are, stay humbled when you do fall short. Now you can provoke your child to anger when you fail to live as an example of the believer. And I kind of just touched on that a little bit already. One of the ways you do that is if you're hypocritical. You're judging your child's behavior when you do not continually examine your own life and you're doing the exact same thing you're telling them not to do, you're doing. That's hypocritical. That will cause the child to anger. Or lying to your child. They know you're lying. Or you ask your child to lie for you. Be very careful. You should not be doing that at all. Because if you don't, you're going to cause your child to sit there going, there's my mom is asking me to lie for her again. There goes dad again. And then they tell me I'm not supposed to lie, but that's what they do. And they ask me to do it. Not good. How about this one? Arguing with your child or arguing with your spouse in the presence of your child. That will provoke your child to anger. It will provoke your child to discouragement if you are sitting there arguing and arguing and butting heads with them, or you're arguing among your as a, as a parents. That is not good for the child. Or teasing your child, making fun of him when he has been been embarrassed or has failed to accomplish some endeavor that they set out and said, I'm gonna go do this and failed and you tease them for not being able to do it. Or it also pertains to, this is probably why so many people say dads don't provoke your child to to anger. You know why? Because you can sit there and tease your child by tickling them so much you can bring them to tears and frustration. and, And it turns out from being fun into not fun. So dads have a tendency to have fun tickling their kids, you know. Next one is speaking to your child in an unwholesome manner. Calling him or her names or yelling at him in anger. Cannot happen. And then there's showing partiality of one child over another. Literally calling it out. Why can't you walk like your sister did? Why can't you make the varsity team like your brother did? Why can't you... And comparison after comparison after comparison. Parent, you need to repent. You need to change. You can also provoke your child to anger when you seek to become the ultimate authority in the life of that child. Instead of showing him or her the importance of following the Lord. There's a tendency where It goes to your head as a parent, and you think you have all this authority, which you have authority because God gave you the authority. But again, God is over your life. You're not in complete control. He has given you the child to raise them up and have the authority to raise them up. But you can't let it go to your head where you're practicing this double standard and demeaning your child, uh, demanding your child serve you continually while you fail to serve your child and others. you have no desire to really serve your children and serve others but you demand it from your child to serve you at every beck and call or treating your child as a possession or imposing your own aspirations on him instead of meet to meet the goals of what these of 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 what God has intended for their life, not what you have intended for them. And you arbitrarily put things on their lives of expectations that you want this for them to do. Sometimes you've heard it, you're living through your children's lives. I never made it to uh, college, so I'm going to drive my child, and I don't care what she says, she's going to college. Or I wanted to make it on a varsity football team. My son is going to get there. I don't care if it kills him. And then drives him all the way to do it. It's not good to provoke your child to anger. Swearing at your child. Or using harsh and contentious language when he does not meet certain standards. That cannot happen. It should not happen. And of course, comparing your child to yourself or others to show him the ways in which he does does not measure up to your standards. Oh, how subtle these can come out as parents. And yes, you may have had a great model of your own parents raising you that way, but. As a child of God, you need to stop that in this generation so that the next generation, your children, do not repeat the same unbiblical patterns. But teach them the ways of the Lord. You can provoke your child to anger when you act in inconsistent manner in front of or toward your child one of the biggest things is failure to keep your word you make these false promises over and over and over with no intentions of following through with those words you're just trying to keep the kid to stop crying or demand so you make these un this um these you know promises that are just Not going to happen, and becomes you become an untrustworthy source in the minds of your children, promising to take him someplace and then just changing your plans because it doesn't fit your plans because you don't feel like it. Don't make promises you cannot keep, and if you, for some reason, you follow through consistently with what you say you're going to do, your yes is your yes, your no is your no, then when the child sees that you said let's do this but then find out you can't, they will understand because you've been consistently always going, coming through. They know something that you just didn't know. Stop the plan and they will understand because they trust you. Failing to discipline... Failing to discipline biblically when necessary, or disciplining when provoked and angry, we have to be very careful in raising your child. You have to biblically understand how you discipline your child. And you also need to know that you never discipline out of anger or um, being out of control When you do discipline, if you do, it will cause serious problems in regards to your trust and provoking your child to anger. Also being inconsistent in your speech or actions. Showing little or no response to your child's disobedience on one day. But then the next time you overreact in the fact that they're disobedient, you overreact and you go above and beyond what is necessary for their disobedience at that time. Your your outward visible uh, anger, in one moment they're doing something, they're looking for a reaction and they get nothing. The next time they say, okay, I've got away with that. My boundaries are a little bit bigger now. So the next time this happens, I can probably do it again. And the next time they do it, because that's exactly what happened the last two or three times, all of a sudden you overreact and just lose it in your words and your actions and everything else. And it's like, it's going to shock that child. Children need boundaries. Even though they say they don't want boundaries. And they're going to fight those boundaries. But as a parent, you have to have biblical boundaries and understanding of raising them up so that they can come up and bounce up against those boundaries and you consistent so that they know what is right and good. How many times I've heard over times where parents go, I just let my child go and live however they want to, and they can just live out, and if they make mistakes, that's how they're gonna learn. And, and we just and they wonder why we see the things that are happening in our world. Children doing out-of-control things because their emotions haven't been trained up to have self-control. Because a parent thinks they should have free will of just living however they want to live. Failing to confess sins that you may have committed against your child and seeking to give excuses for your sinful behavior to kind of justify why you did what you did again like i mentioned that can't happen you should not happen and also you can provoke your child for not re- for refusing to forgive your child i'll never be able to forgive you for what you have done to me parent <laughs> aren't you the adult <laughs> Those statements should not be coming out of a a mature adult. Yes, an unbelieving adult, I can see that. An immature Christian adult, okay, you just got to say maybe. But as an immature Christian adult, that should never come out of your mouth. You're an adult. And lastly, you can provoke your child to anger when you neglect your child by failing to spend time with your child in order to show the application of God's word in everyday life. Why did you have children? It drives me nuts as a a pastor to watch parents or hear parents say, "I, I can't wait till my children grow up and get out of the house. I am done with him. He's five. Are you kidding me? You've you got 13 more years probably at the minimum. And that's the attitude you have already. And as a parent, you need to repent and grow up. You're the problem. You want to know why you're frustrated with the child. It's not the child's problem. You're the problem. The child's just reflecting who you are. You need to grow up, parent. Oh, Kathleen and I loved our girls. We... We didn't ever want them to leave. We, wa- we loved having them around. We enjoyed having them around. We wanted them to be with us everywhere we could possibly take them and go so they can do life together. We didn't do life and the children do their life. We had meals around the table to know what's going on in their life and to talk about things and what's going on. We didn't go eat over in this place and let the kids go eat in their own rooms and be separated and never come out until possibly in the morning to go do the next thing and before they take off to their friend, No, do life together. How else are they going to learn to godly ways and, and be able to train you up? If it's not you, they're going to learn from their peers. The blind leading the blind, as they say. And you wonder why you have problems. Now it's no longer even going to your, their friend's house. They're sitting in their t- phone and constantly buried in that. And you wonder what they're watching and seeing and everything else. And you wonder why they have the attitudes they have because they're reflecting what they're taking in. So spend time with your children. Also don't fail to listen patiently when your child speaks to you because you're too busy with your own interests. Always make the time. Make sure they understand. I know when you've had a young child, you want to talk to your children and they're playing and having fun. As soon as you pick up the phone, what happens? (laughs) The child wants something. (laughs) Every parent has dealt with that. Train them up so they understand those things. You sit down and you want to read the Word of God and just have quiet time. And they come out and they do everything they want to. As soon as you close that Bible up, they then disappear. It's called spiritual warfare. Just understand it's the challenges that come your way. You need to train them up to help them to understand so that they can too learn to sit and open up the Scripture and read. That they too understand boundaries that need to be set that's appropriate. And also failing to discipline your child biblically in in a timely manner by delaying discipline. You don't feel like discipline right now and you want to do it later, that's not the time to do it. Waiting to discipline your child, you must appropriately discipline them at the time, if all possible, so it's appropriately lined up with why you're disciplining Don't sit there and say, wait till your father gets home and he's going to discipline. Moms, no, that's not how it works. You're responsible to discipline your child just as your husband is too. Don't put him in that bad position. Yes, he can sit down and talk to his child about what took place and try to Help them understand why, according to the scriptures, that is not the behavior. They need to tr- be disciplined, trained and do it differently and practice things differently so that they can grow and mature as a responsible young adult into adulthood. These things are important. Let me give you uh, six more steps in our journey here as that relates to parent-child relationships. Because God's standards and goals are the same for you as it is with the child. Your children and you have the same God's standards and goals because God's word reveals that to us and are designed to develop a Christ-like characteristic in you, but also your child. And when you do this, you must understand that every member of the family must be in God's word so that everyone's growing in a Christ-like character in their life. So what does your change have to take place? Well, step 73. That's how many steps we've taken now so far in our journey. Step 73. Parents, stop provoking your, your child. And we've read that and we've talked about that in detail. What do you do differently than provoking and all those things we just talked about? We must, as a parent, instead provide them with discipline and instruction from the Word of God. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your child and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. So when the child says, oh, dad, can you please? You're always talking about the things of God, the word of God. You want to share scripture with me. Mom, can you please pull out the scripture? Reach Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 say, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to apologize for doing what God's called me to do. God says we are going to talk about it when you rise up, when you're sitting down and having a meal, or when you're sitting and ready to go to sleep, or whatever status you're finding yourself in. If it's appropriately to share the word of God with you, I'm going to be obedient to my Lord. <laughs> so, Just understand, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That's how it works in our house. I don't care what Johnny's house is happening. I pray that Johnny's house is doing the same thing. But in this house, we're going to filter all things based on what the Word of God says. And when you do that, parents... You're going to bring yourself a point that you're not going to provoke your children to wrath. You're going to be training your child up in the areas of life that they need to so that they too walk faithfully in God's ways. You're reading the Word of God, you're studying the Word of God, and you're applying the Word of God so that you walk according to God's ways. That means you then teach your children so that you model an example of it that they too can hear and see and watch and also learn how what it means to walk in God's ways. That is what we're called to do. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Parents, so many parents are so nervous about raising children today. The only reason why you'd be worried about raising children if you are not teaching them God's way. If you're teaching them God's way... The scripture says they won't depart from the faith. They won't go off. They might be a prodigal son a prodigal daughter, kind of a moment. But they're going to come back. Why? Because they've been trained up. The word of God has been implanted in their hearts. And you're going to lead them to Christ and pray that they give their life to Christ. That they surrender their life. And the Lord Jesus is their true Lord. That they're willing to be obedient and follow him before they leave the house. And the world keeps comes and attacks them because the spiritual warfare is real. You've got to teach them how to put the whole armor of God How to walk by faith and not by sight. These things are so, so important as a parent. Step 74. As parents, you are to serve your children lovingly. Not demandingly. Lovingly. Through your faithful biblical teaching and discipline. You're going to love them by disciplining them when they need to be disciplined. Training them up and teaching them the ways of the Lord. Proverbs 4, verses 1 through 4. Hear, my children, the instructions of your father. And give attention to know and understanding. For I give you good doctrine. I give you truth. the God's truth. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. How important as a parent, we're just pouring into our children, lovingly teaching the word of God, lovingly taking care of their, not only their spiritual, but the physical and mental status of who they are it's God's entrusted them in our care to raise them up properly and God gives us the full instructions in the word of God how to do that so if you don't know the word of God and don't know how to apply the word of God you're at a complete disadvantage as a parent that's why as parents you keep showing up And listening to the teachings that God is going to teach you through that. You sit down and have quiet time just reading through the Bible. And we have a plan so you can read the entire Bible in one year. If you haven't got that plan, I'll give you the plan so you can follow that so you can read the whole counsel of God in one year so you can learn these things that God wants to show you. You're not to insist on your child's obedience merely because you're a parent. But you teach them that not only you're teaching them this truth because you're telling them God says this in the word. Take it up with the Lord. I'm telling you what the Lord says and that's what you need to do. And that's what I'm going to hold your expectation to is what the word of God says. But you do that out of a a heart of love, not lording over and demanding you are to minister to your children faithfully as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 through 6 and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as ministers of the covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We have, as parents, have to understand, we fall short apart from God. We can do nothing apart from God. Raising our children, we must completely rely upon the Lord to help us to show us how to properly raise His child. Because remember, it's His child given to you To raise up according to his way. Not your way or the world's way. Then they're going to move on. And they're going to leave you. And they're adults now. And if you train them up. They're going to be pleasing to the Lord. In everything they say and do. And then if the Lord adds to their life. A spouse and children. Then it goes from generation upon generation. A godly heritage. And it's a blessing to the Lord. Step 75. This is for you children. Children, you are to learn from your parents willingly as they teach you the precepts and the principles and the ways of the Lord. Did you hear that? You have to willfully and willingly listen to your parents teaching you the things of God. Proverbs chapter 1 verses 2 through 5. It says, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instructions of wisdom and justice and judgment and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. So we see here that this is good and right. Even Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 23 my son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck, and when you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law, and the law a light. Reproofs of instructions are the way of life. So as a child, as children, it's important as the parents teach their children that they keep it around their neck. They're always in the forefront of their minds. They're dwelling on these truths because it doesn't matter whether they're falling to sleep. They're not going to be fearful of any boogeyman going to sleep. When they wake up and they're concerned about going to school and what's going to happen ahead of them, they're going to have the word of God that they can hold on to the promises of God because you as a parent can't go to school for many of them. Whatever the situation is, you want your child to have the surety of the truths of God so that they can stand strong in times of persecution and turmoil that will come against your child. So as a child, you're to heed from the Lord. You're to receive the teaching, receive that changing, that word that tells you you need to change. The discipline from your parents and other spiritual mature individuals. And what will happen as a child is you will gain wisdom. Not just knowledge, but knowledge applied properly is what wisdom is. And all of a sudden, you as a child will be have a wisdom about you, a maturity about you, and you will not get entangled, you will not get ensnared by deceit or wickedness of others and of their false ways. How important you train your child up. So when people try to deceive your child and try to convince them to do something or go against the word of God, you've taught them the truth, and it'll be just like a it'll be so obvious to them. It won't be a question. You're like, get behind me. Get away from me. I know what you're trying to do. That is not of God and I don't want to hear it. Your child will call them out on it. Or they'll see the evilness and they'll be able to flee and run because they have the wisdom and understanding of what those people are trying to manipulate them to do into some kind of false thing. They can smell it a mile away because you've taught them truth. You allowed them to live in the light. And when darkness shows up, they can tell the difference. It's sad when you don't train your child up, and they become naive and immature, and they're prone to the darkness. You must, as a child, put off being wise in your own eyes. We see that in Proverbs twelve fifteen and Proverbs twenty one two. As you grow up, you've heard the saying, "Mom and Dad knows everything." Then you become uh, into puberty and, and transitioning, uh, uh, age of accountability I was talking about, that kind of the transition of your life, and now your parents knows nothing. <laughs> the scripture says, put away those wise in your own eyes kind of attitude. And put on the fear or the reverence and the love of the Lord and the obedience to, to his word. As a child, put off the abandoning or neglecting the teaching of your parents and put on the heeding of their teachings and reproof. Take on what they're teaching you because you have parents who love you and want you to be prepared for this life. They only want what's good for you. Then there was a principle or a step that we took, step number four, way back weeks ago. But here's a reminder. Whether you are a parent or child, God's word is to be your only authority for faith and conduct. And is to be the only legitimate standard by which you are evaluated. Parents. You must use the word of God as your only source to train up your children. Do not use the things of this world. They will mislead and bring confusion to your children and to yourself. As a child, rely upon the word of God. Do not rely upon the things of this world or your peers or anyone else. Only what the authority of the word of God says. That is why it's so important to learn it. So that's your change. Those steps are for your change. And then summarize here for your, pay, your practice. What do you practice? Well, step 76, you must practice God's standards in your life. You must practice what the word of God says. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There is only one way to walk in this life, and that is to walk the path that God has lit. His truth, His direction, His way. That is what you need to learn and follow. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And His divine power has given to us all things that that pertain to life and godliness through that knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's important that we practice applying and being obedient to the word of God. And the last step is step 77 for this evening, and that's even though you may not yet be an adult. As a child, you're not an adult yet. You might be a young adult, but you're not on your own. You're still living at home, still needing mom and dad to provide. You are to live in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord as you seek to be an example of a godly believer. How important it is That we raise their children to to receive the Lord by faith of who Jesus Christ is as their Lord and Savior, and repent as early in the age that that's why you need to start early, pouring the Word of God into their lives, so that they they receive God. And when they do that, that stubbornness, that rebellion, that has a tendency to creep up, will be substantially low, and much easier corrected and will not stay in that stiff-necked rebellious stubborn part of their lives and cause tremendous shame tremendous grief upon the mother and the father and you will continually to honor and obey your parents and the lord be be very focused as a child on understanding what your parents are trying to say and our last scripture here colossians 3:23 and 24 and whatever you do, do heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you, have, for you serve the Lord Christ. Understand as a parent, serve the Lord. Please the Lord in raising your kids. As a child, serve the Lord. Focus on the Lord. Learn of Him. Let Him be all your all in all. And be honor and be obedient to your parents. That's pleasing to the Lord.